So I'm Dushan Petkovic. I'm the Senior Vice President of Corporate Strategy for G Mining Ventures and one of the founders of the company. G Mining Ventures is a fully funded gold developer, currently building what will be Brazil's third largest gold mine. And we're scheduled to be in commercial production in the second half of this year, where the project will produce 175,000 ounces of gold a year for 10 and a half years, at a $681 all in sustaining cash cost. Tisha. Welcome. I'll say hello to you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. We're here in Cape Town, lovely, bright, sunny Cape Town, um, but we're here to do business, right? So South American asset, Canadian company. What are you doing over here? Uh, we're trying to attract a brand new set of investors that don't typically invest in South America. Um, we're really leveraging the La Mancha name. Mm-hmm. A lot of the investors here know La Mancha, are familiar from the Endeavor group. And look, our objective is to be the Endeavor of the Americas. So we're trying to meet a brand new group and really leverage the positive catalyst that we have coming up in the great year we've had you know, up until now. Right, so let's talk about being Endeavor of South America in a second. First things first, how are things on the ground? So in a few releases, you know, you're ahead of expectation, you're spending money as, as guided, et cetera. So things, things, are things going quite well? Things are going well. So the project is 76% finished at, right. the, at the end of December. Construction is at 73. We have 430 million committed, so 94% of the project. Mm-hmm. And the balance is really just execution, so our labor force. Mm-hmm. Look, at this point, we feel that we have about $46 million above and beyond to finish the project and north of 20 to actually get into positive cash flow. Right. So we're trending on time on budget for commercial production this year. Right. I think the interesting thing there, you, you talked about 10 and a half years, 175,000 ounces, but the reality is, first five years, like you, you're going to be on steroids, right? First five years, that project averages about 200,000 ounces a year. So it really allows for a lot of cash flow that can be generated. We should be pretty much net debt neutral at the end of this year. Mm-hmm. And then looking to redeploy that capital into growth and build a bigger company. Right. And we've got some half warrants com- potentially timing those perfectly at the moment. That's right. So when we, before we acquired the project, when we announced the acquisition, we raised $70 million. We had 95 cent unit, but we put our half warrant for three years up 100%, so $1.90. And the view was, as we were buying the project, three years from now, we'll be commissioning. So these warrants will come in the money and help us you know, buffer our cash balance. And we've actually stayed on track and those are in the money now. Yeah. And September will bring in 70 million Canadian into the company. Right. Welcome addition to the family. Uh, but, yeah, three years ago, setting out a three-year three plan for commissioning by some, some, some people would say that's a little bit aggressive. Given the environment you did that in, what gave you the confidence you could do that? Is it just a case of let's set a target if we can, we can, if we can't? So well, what? We'll the view was we had permits that we had to execute on. So we, closed, we bought the project. We said, let's update the feasibility study as quickly as we can. That took us four months to February. We used that document to raise the funds right away so that we can be in construction. Yeah. And that helped us raise 480 million so that we can really put the project into construction. So look, there were ambitious goals, Yeah. but um, you know, we're really happy that we've been able to meet those and you know, help our investors actually have that you know, return that we've been promising. Right, and, and I'm working towards the being the endeavor of South America, but I promise you, La Mancha on board uh, is, is, a, is a great 25%. They're 25% America. shareholder. Right, right. Yeah. and you've got a bunch of institutional guys and gals in there. So most institutional, Eldorado Gold kept a big stake, they yeah. reinvested, they're at 18. Franco Nevada's at 9.9, and insiders are big. So we're 8%, yeah. we've bought over 20 million Canadian 
of stock, every yeah. share we own, we purchased. So we're really investors first and management second. Right, okay. So great support institutionally, and maybe a bit of work to be done on retail in terms of, in terms of that liquidity component. That's always important, no matter how big, 850 million market cap. No matter how big you are, you need that little bit of movement. Um, what are you gonna do about that? So that's something that we've been working on. We've done a lot of retail marketing. We're focusing a third of our efforts this year just on retail specifically. I mean, we've been to Calgary meeting high net worth investors that invest in hard assets, sort of very, very unique types of things. At the same time, Eldorado has, let's call it 18% stake. They've always been transparent with us that this is a financial investment and eventually they will look to sell once we've re-rated. Uh, so we speak with them regularly and whenever they decide to do that, you know, we work with them to do a broadly disseminated secondary right. and kind of hand those shares to investors. Okay. At the same time, like I said, we want to grow. So any acquisition would look to be a share deal. And then that's something they can also add the liquidity okay. to the company. Good. Okay, and I'm sure we'll come on to that in a second as well. So again, looking back at the the money you raised, the 400 and what was it? Something? 81. 81 million. So it's a big chunk of change. Very unusual, again, at that time in that market, but very unusual by any standards at any any time for an early, well, for a young enterprise like yours. Why were you able to do that? And does that kind of give us a sort of sense or a clue of the reputation you guys have in the market for, say, going to La Mancha and saying we, we can be the endeavor of, of South America? Um, so what allowed us, it wasn't easy, firstly, but look, we have big ambitions from the beginning. Look, our skill set allows us to build projects on time and on budget, which is very unique and rare in this space. So we can really be multipliers of capital, regardless of the fact that it's an extractive industry. And that resonated well with a lot of investors. Franco Nevada came in after a very extensive process. I mean, we managed a lengthy project financing process, had eight different people and put uh, bids in it. Uh, they were the top one, even after we took three to site. La Mancha was super supportive, as I said, because they kind of saw the long-term vision and they saw the unique skill set that can be applied that they hadn't really dealt with much before. Correct. But um, look, it's a lot of people have thought, do you want to build a project and sell it and kind of be one and done? Right. But no, we have a long-term vision. And I think that was also something that resonated well with a lot of investors. Okay. So there's a vision, there's ambition, and a skill and set. And a skill set in there with the G, the G mining um, part of the, the equation, as, right. as it were, um, and the long reputation of success for others. Uh, now doing it for yourselves, it's all good. Um, so let's talk about the how do you and I think we've covered where you're at. Second half, we're in production. Yeah, we're, we're hot commissioning at the moment. It's, it's, it's all good. Life is good. Um, the ambition to grow, you're going to need to find an asset of the right specification. You do you feel was there a lot of choice when you when you kind of picked up Token Tazina? So we were looking at a lot of different, maybe a few different opportunities, but nothing that was as construction ready as this. I mean, this had two feasibility studies done on it. Great work. It was fully permitted. Yeah. It was almost like wrapped up in a bowl, ready to go. Yeah. Um, there aren't that many projects right. that are available right now. Look, our vision is to be a half a million ounce producer within the right. next five years. Okay. So an America's focused company, the next asset has to produce at least 150,000 ounces. Yeah. And can has to be, call it ideally construction ready end of next year. Okay. Right. So that, that narrows the field. That narrows the field. And especially in the Americas, I say Brazil are better. Yeah. Um, it can kind of be a challenge. We reviewed five projects last year. Yeah. And what we found was that 
four of them, we saw a difference in the resource block model. Yeah. Like we do DD from first principles. Give us the data, we'll build everything up ourselves. Um, and one, we were seeing some challenges on the social side. So we're resuming that search now. A rule of thumb is with the acquisition cost built in, a consensus price is can we generate a 15% IRR for our shareholders? We find a lot of, a lot of times the acquisition cost is skipped over. What do you own 24 on this one, no? Pardon me? What's the, uh, what's the IRR? The IRR, 20, so it's 24 at 16 and about 34 at spot. And we bought the project for 115, but 60 million of that is yeah, a yeah. back-end payment. Yeah. Okay. So this one had met that threshold when we acquired it. Mm. What we're, well, what we're seeing now is that the, there aren't that many projects that can be construction ready at that point. Yeah. There are many that can be called into construction 2017, 18, yeah. but that's the challenge. So our approach is kind of threefold. One, which juniors may meet that criteria. And now that we've reached a good size of 850, 900 million market cap, our bite size is getting bigger too, of what can be brought in. Secondly, where is there another TZ? With all the consolidation with the Newmont, yeah. you know, acquiring Newcrest, the Amana was acquired, which projects in those portfolios out, yeah. can become available? Yeah. The last approach that is a bit more creative is we're looking at projects that are much bigger in portfolios of bigger companies, let's say 400,000 ounces plus, that the companies like, but are number three in their pipeline. Yeah. So we go to them and we say, look, you don't plan to build this for the next 10 years. Why don't we do an asset level joint venture? Mm. We will execute on it. We'll earn into it by spending on the CapEx. We will give you a levered IRR since you'll have 50% of the economics, but only provide a fraction of the CapEx. Mm. And we'll shrink the MPV from starting 10 years from now to beginning today. Right. Okay. And I think that's a, you know, a unique place to go that's hunting appealing. that most people really can't. Okay. That, no, that I, can, I can see why that would be appealing. Um, but nevertheless, in terms of the amount of assets out there that meet that criteria, you're dealing, dealing in rarefied air in terms of the amount of assets. It's, luckily for you, it's also rarefied air in terms of people who can actually get after those assets that can you know, either ra raise the money or presumably if you're throwing off as much as you are, as quickly as you are. I'm not quite sure what the ramp up period to um, nameplate name was. It two, you're going to do, two, did you say 220 per year? For the first so we're about, about 200,000 ounces for the first five year. And um, what's the wrap-up? How do you, when so our feasibility study shows about 90,000 ounces produced this year. Right. So commercial production is called it 60% of nameplate. By right. the end of the year, we should be at 100% of nameplate. Okay, end of 2025. End of 2024, we should be at 100% of nameplate. So that'll give us a year of oh, right, steady right. cash flow okay. next year. Okay. Pay back our debt yep. and really recycle that. Okay, so competition out there is will be less. But actually, because you're going to the majors and saying, look, you, you, you're all kind of coming together and there's going to be yeah projects number three four five six seven eight nine ten uh, in your portfolios you're doing nothing with uh, we, we could engineer something which would be beneficial to you with very little pressure on your balance sheet yeah. if you were at all concerned about that um there's five hundred thousand is the target it sounds like you're going to need a couple of those but i want to kind of i want, I want you to kind of help me set expectations here because it isn't always going to be as perfect as tz Right, because that was true. exceptional. No, no, that worked out really, really well. Yeah. I mean, we couldn't have drawn it up better. Good cornerstone. We ended with it. Yeah, it's a good first asset. And yeah. a big thing that I've always told investors when we started this company is, TZ is not G Mining Ventures. It is just the first asset in G Mining Ventures. So the next asset, like I said, we want to produce at least 150,000 ounces, but if not more, yeah. because once we have that scale of let's say at least 300, 350,000 ounces, 
then you can start building a portfolio approach of yeah. acquiring and putting assets sort of you know in your back pocket that you can slowly develop that you can slowly permit that you can drill and explore you have two assets that are generating cash flow so it's a bit safer rather than just one and so the next one is going to be very important um we're working pretty hard we're trying to bring it into the portfolio this year um so working with la mancha hand in hand who really helps us with this okay so and where i'm coming at this from is from the retail's perspective and saying right have i missed the boat you're i think you're saying to me no come missed the boat we've still got ambitions on growth um we've don't have any financial well very little on the financial restriction side of things and the deal will be the deal construction whichever route you go down there um so as a retail investor i can look at this thing and say well actually i'm not done for about the technical risk and i'd like to talk about technical risk in, in, in a second if you don't mind it's just to help people understand why it's been a kind of smoother process than than most um, for, for you guys um if i've de-risked the technical and i've got the the capital uh, access to capital and the support of a La Mancha group um, to go and buy this, then it's a question of making damn sure I pick the right project next. It may not be quite as spectacular as TZ, but not far off, right? That's the, that's what we're buying into. Look, we, it, that's true. We're not a single asset company. You're investing really in the management team and the strategy behind us, mm. not necessarily TZ. Mm. You know, TZ is sort of the proof of concept. If mm. we can do that well, then I think we can attract a lot better assets. Yeah. And as we continue to grow our company, more of the quality assets also become bite-sized for us that we can come in and acquire and still get great returns for our shareholders. Right. In an ideal world, we don't have to issue any more equity going forward. We can fund growth through cash flow, through some project level debt or corporate level debt. Yeah. Um, so expect that sort of TZ is just the first step in yeah. this. So your negotiation stance is, is it much stronger in terms of the cost of capital going forward, should you need to raise in one way or, or another? Let's, let's talk about the kind of the, the intel inside, but the kind of smooth running of the, and I'm sure it's mining, it's never smooth running, there's little fires every day, but for you guys, we built this during a period of COVID, supply chain issues, restriction of uh, movement of people, um, inflationary pressures across the board. Why? Were you guys able to get it right where perhaps others struggled a bit? So it really comes down to our model and our approach. As you know, we execute every part of the project internally. Mm. So the engineering, that once it's done, the engineers move into the field and execute. Mm. So there's no handoff. It's that continuity. We do our own supply chains, our own logistics, our own procurement. Yeah. Firstly, when you're just purchasing items with G-Mining services making calls, they're calling people that they have dealt with for years that they know, not a one-time junior who's gonna buy a ball mill and you will never hear from again. It's a very different conversation. But the ability to change the project flow sort of on a dime is really what's important. So it sounds like everything is great, but every week we have our calls and it's, it's a challenge and we're adapting. The example I'll bring up is our SAG mail essentially arrived in country on time. It was fabricated in China, but you know, it's, I felt it's designed in Europe. And one thing or another with the police escort, you know, they had to leave for Tatenta soccer riot. There were some bad storms and it was going to arrive a month late on site. Right. But what we can do is the departments get together and they essentially reschedule the next 30 days or 40 days of what's happening on site. Right. So that we're not losing time. We're not losing money by having people sit around. And once it arrives on site, we can just plug and play and stay on schedule. Right. If we had to rely on contractors, getting seven contractors to readjust their plans for the next 30 days yeah. is a challenge, plus the cost. And the answer is no. And the answer is probably no. So you are behind and it becomes a challenge. So 
again, that's the the real secret sauce. Yeah. Okay. And and you're you're saying to me um, just before we started filming, and it kind of blew my mind. Is the amount of people you're managing is extraordinary. Like you know, two thousand. We so. peaked at two thousand two hundred in August. Right. Yeah. Two thousand employees now. Two thousand employees now, and it'll sort of settle around seven yeah. eight. So two thousand employees and some contractors now will set around call it seven hundred once we're in operations, yeah. and that's really the best of the construction people. But here's the mind blowing bit. Because of the G mining background, you're talking about managing people on an hourly basis. Not what are you doing this week? No. Not a, what have you done today? An hourly basis. That's right. So every part of the project is broken down into how many hours a certain task yeah. should take. Like, for example, if we were building um, power line towers, and if you look at them, you can say, okay, well, how much are you progressing? Well, 80% of the hours are really in the foundation and pouring the concrete. It's really the last little bit that's raising the tower. So you can tell, even though there are no towers raised, yeah. that you are 80% complete. And within you know, a short period of time, all of a sudden, hey, look, everything is yeah. up. Yeah. So everything is broken down on an hourly basis. And in that way, we can really track progress, you know, whether we're falling behind because we're not efficient enough, whether things are taking longer, whether things are more expensive. We also track productivity. So every shift, you have an iPad and people track how many hours they've earned and how many hours they've spent. Oh. And if you have better productivity, you can catch up by adding more labor yeah or if speed up if you need to by adding more labor so being in control to that level of detail means that the solutions are quicker to implement and you have live sort of view of progress every single day because it's all automated like we finish our monthly project reports within the first 10 12 days of Right. the next month. Yeah. And when I was working at Sprout doing project financings, typically those would come in 45 days yeah. using EPCM because you have to, you know, bring these seven, eight different groups together. Yeah, which, which is extraordinary. I think it's very rare, rare which, rarefied air here. But it's it's the kind of the, the management of the money and the speed at which decisions get made. And you have a grip on finances at all times. So there's no surprises. Because I think what we've seen over the past couple of years is Lots of surprises, you know, at report stage, we go from PA to PFS, oh, 40% increase. We, where the hell that come? Um, and then even some of the developers, and we've seen it in Australia, we've seen it in Africa for sure, um, where the cost base that's reported quarter by quarter is a, rid a ridiculous change. There's one, they couldn't optimize it in the first place because they were sort of lacking the control. And two, their inability to actually go fix it within the quarter or at least... Modif modify or nullify some of the exposure in, yeah. the, in that quarter. It's, it's, so it's an, an interesting position. It's very different. I mean, it also really lets us, let's say, review contracts when they do come in. Sure. One part of the scope that we didn't actually execute ourselves and relied on an extra, uh, external contractor was the power line. So we used, it's a 193 kilometer power line. Yeah. It connects to the grid and we work with the local company, state company that actually builds those. We integrated them with our team to yeah. some extent that we can use our model. But when we were getting quotes for that power line, oh, bad. we break down the quotes and we can simply say, okay, well, this doesn't make sense because they're not including this and this and this and yeah. this. This quote doesn't make sense because they have, you know, this is way too cheap. This won't happen. So we have better inputs to start with rather than relying on an external party to tell us how much things will cost. Yeah. Let's not go there. I'm doing this. I'm doing the same at home. It's different scale, but well, it's <laughs> the exactly. are ridiculous. No, no, it, it's exactly. It's, it's if you're renovating your home, do you want to yeah. have seven contractors or do you want to have one party that can do everything? Everything, for you? yeah. Well, I think I know the answer to that. That's good. Yeah. Um, okay, well, like, like, 
you're here for another work in a couple of days. You, you, you're meeting and people want to meet you. Yeah, so we I have think you want to meet them, but do they want to meet you? We have a full schedule. Okay. Um, meeting most of investors, mostly investors, um, a few companies, but it's essentially, you know, tell us a little bit about yourselves. How have you, you know, managed to stay on track? We yeah. Like your, we like your shareholder base. And then it's just sort of, people have kind of been saying like, oh, it's kind of refreshing to see things actually kind of work oh, out. Oh, heck yeah. There's this sort of chart going around. I'll maybe even put it at the bottom of the description of this article, which talks about the amount of money that has left mining investment in, in the UK and in Canada. You know, in the UK, it's gone from 40 billion to like 12 billion. That, that's the investment. That's how, that's how many times miners have destroyed value and people have lost faith in this space. So yeah, it is refreshing to kind of see it delivered like this. It's unusual. So, and more of this, and I think we're, more money would be coming in. Well, exactly. We want everyone to be successful because then that'll bring more capital into the space and really benefit everybody. So you know, we're happy that we can kind of help you know, generate at least good returns for our shareholders, attract more capital into the space. And look, and our business model is it's very unique. We don't, we're starting to get interest from the generalist institutional investor Yeah. because when we speak with them, we don't have to talk about grade or strip or project specifics. It's uh, look, we build projects on time and on budget. This is how we do it. And here's how we'll make the money. And people can re you know, relate to that. So you're kind of making it almost like comparing it to any other business. Tishans, Rain, great to see you. Yeah, Thanks for coming thank in and seeing much. us. Yeah. Busy as heck. Um, and anyone watching this, you know, the reason these guys scored nine out of 10 and have done for every year and a half is delivery like this. Great. Thank you so much.